Hey, special educators, I'm Jennifer from Positively Learning. Welcome to the Special Educators Resource Room. If you're like me, you're always looking for ways to save time and streamline your work. That's why this podcast was created to give you the systems and solutions you need to get your time back. Tune in for tips, tricks, and tools that will help you manage your workload and make the most of your time. Whether you're brand new or experienced, all are welcome in the Special Educators Resource Room. Hey, Special Educators, it's Jennifer from Positively Learning. Thanks for tuning in. I think the number one piece of advice that we have all heard and been on the receiving end is to build relationships, specifically building relationships with our students. So I'm not going to be talking about that here in this episode. I'm not going to be giving the advice to build relationships. Instead, what I want to talk about is how, how do we do this? I don't hear a lot of people giving concrete examples. And with so many things being thrown at you, isn't it nice just when someone can tell you exactly how to do it? Well, that's what this episode is all about. So we're going to fast forward on why building relationships is important. And we're just going to get to a list of things that you can do from the first day of school all the way to the last to build relationships with the students you're working with. Let's get started. Number one, learn your students' names quickly. I know that seems really obvious, but it is so important. And if that is not a strength of yours, simply think of some type of device, something that can help you. Maybe it's a seating chart. Maybe it's name tags. What I like to do is use my students' name when I speak with them, just kind of solidifies it in my mind. Number two, greet students daily. All right, so now it seems like I'm stating the obvious. With these first two tips, most likely things you are already doing. At our school, we had an unofficial rule to greet students at the door. So we stood with one foot in the hallway, one foot in the classroom. Our hallways were a bit chaotic. So this was really helpful to keep an eye on things and greet every student as they walk through the door. Moving along to number three, share a bit about yourself. Letting your students know some fun facts or some personal anecdotes about yourself. The purpose is to show that you're human too. It's not to put on a show. This isn't all about you. We don't want to do like some huge slideshow and everything's about you, but instead use it in context. If you are doing a read aloud and it makes sense saying, oh, I like that too, or that reminds me of, it's those little anecdotes that go a long way to building that relationship, letting your students know about you. Number four, using some type of interest survey. So at the beginning of the year, you can have students fill out a get to know you survey. This could give you insight on their interests and hobbies and backgrounds. If appropriate, you may do a preference assessment. The way I did that is it looked like a picture sort of preferred activities that my students could choose from, whether I gave them two two or three choices, one pro tip is to repeat this. Administer the interest survey or preference assessment again later in the year, maybe in January, halfway through. We know how much our students learn, grow, and change throughout the year. 
Number five, regular check-ins. So checking in with students occasionally, asking about their day, their weekends, any special events going on. This could easily be combined with greeting your students daily. And yes, I know you're already doing this. Number six, eating lunch together. So you do want to think about this from a logistic standpoint. Can you keep this commitment to all of your students? Not just the ones that have the same lunch schedule that you do, but to everybody. If not, I would use caution about doing this. I did not have to worry about logistics because I had lunch duty most years. And this was not my favorite time because of the smells and the sounds, but in some ways it was one of my favorite times because it is such a joy to see students in a different light, to see them with their peers, when the pressure of academics and behavior and all the expectations are lifted, it is really enjoyable to see students in that light. They also were excited to see me, show me what they had for lunch. I should mention, I mostly worked with young students. Number seven, hosting class meetings. So the purpose of a class meeting is to allow students to express their concerns. They can be part of the decision-making, offering suggestions, sharing. I love this idea. You most likely have already given this a lot of thought, but just know that this is a huge step to building relationships. So if you're already doing this, awesome. In the resource room, I still had a meeting format. We were a restorative practice school, so we had restorative practice circles, even with the youngest students. So we had a circle format with a talking stick and topics, and it was very based on character education, really gave my students a chance to talk with each other and with me. Highly recommend it. If you are interested in how this could look with young students, I have a blog post all about restorative practice circles. Moving forward, number eight, praising effort and not just results. You're celebrating growth and effort, not the accuracy. I know you're already doing this. The next thing you're already doing as well, as special educators, this is our bread and butter, working with small groups or one-on-one. We all know the benefits of this, but going beyond that, it's also really important for students who may not speak up in that whole group or need that extra support. And number 10, showing empathy. If a student is having a especially tough day or if they just seem really distant, you can start building relationships by approaching them privately, showing genuine concern or giving them the space if that's what's appropriate. And you know that because you've taken the time to do all of these important steps for building relationships. Now I'm going to pause right here. We've just gone through the first 10 steps. Hopefully you have noticed something, that you're doing most of these things, right? And that was the purpose of recording this podcast episode. I feel that when we hear the advice, build relationships, to me, it feels like this extra layer of pressure. Or I'm thinking, you're giving me this advice because you know I'm struggling. I'm here to tell you that you are already doing a great job. Sure, there could be room for improvement. Maybe some of these things are new ideas. So then I would suggest choosing one or two that feel right, implementing them, and then reflecting to see how they went. One thing that I'm not suggesting is planning some big, extravagant, fun, interactive activity. Now, there may be a time and a place for that, but that's not actually what's building relationships. What's building relationships are those everyday, consistent interactions we're having with our students. So if you're thinking, I'm not extroverted, I'm never going to be that fun teacher, no worries. Moving ahead. Number 11, being consistent and fair. Did you know that that can go a long way with building relationships? 
And this may be students that you're not thinking of. These are the students observing how you're interacting with other students. Are you interacting with other students the same way in their minds? Are you being consistent and fair? Well, that's a rhetorical question. I know that you are. All right, moving ahead. Attend extracurricular activities. So if possible, you're attending your students' games or concerts or plays or other events outside of class. Now that may not be possible. And if not, then what you could do instead is check in. As you know that they have a game, the next day you can check in, ask them how that game went. Writing personal notes. I love, love, love this one. And I did this. And I worked with students who weren't necessarily able to read. So I had to be a little creative. But what I like is the sense of surprise. So if you have reading journals and your students open up their reading journal on a Wednesday and they see a sticky note or a note that you just wrote in their notebook and saying, hi, you know, I love this or smiley face. I love the element of surprise and I encourage my students to write back to me. That goes along with the next two suggestions, open communication. So encouraging your students to approach you if they have concerns or questions or just want to tell you something. What's the most appropriate way to communicate? Because you want to give them your full attention, but you know that you can't do that during instruction. Is it appropriate to have your students email you? Is it appropriate for them to approach you in the hallway? Maybe yes, maybe no, but deciding when is a good time and letting your students know that. And then act of listening. When your students speak, are you able to give them your full attention? So that goes with the open communication. If you're encouraging your students to approach you, you can let them know this is a good time. I will be able to give you my full attention to actively listen. We've gone through so many tips already, but I want to wrap it up with one of my favorite ones, and it may be new to you, and that is to establish classroom traditions. I loved doing this inside the resource room. It could be the way we celebrated birthdays. We had an end of the week ritual with fun Fridays or another unique activity just for your classroom community. Not only does this go a long way to building relationships between you and your students, but also between your students and their peers, which is so important. And you're facilitating that, making that happen by providing the activity, but also providing a safe space. Let's wrap it up here. I don't know how many tips were in this podcast episode, but the majority of them had the same theme. They were not isolated activities that were off the chart exciting, but instead those consistent actions that you're taking day in, day out, and things that you most likely already have in place. Maybe you have a couple notes of new things to think about or to try. I bet if you are listening to this episode all the way to the end, you are already doing a wonderful job. So let's reduce that pressure. When you hear building relationships, you can think to yourself, yep, that's so important and I'm already doing that. So go be awesome. Come back next week. We're going to be talking about data collection. So let me know if you have any questions and I'll catch you next time in the Special Educators Resource Room. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'm dying to ask, what'd you think? Be sure to hit the follow or subscribe buttons so that you never miss an episode. You can find the show notes and links for everything mentioned in this episode at PositivelyLearningBlog.com. See you next week for more special education solutions.